Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Creative Theater, Akita Express, and Encore Theatrical Company. Visit us online at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Drop us an email at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash 30 nerdy podcast thanks for tuning in hope you enjoy the show and now sit back relax and get ready to nerd out with your hosts josh davis and tyler mcdaniel Just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. How do you do? Nerds and nerdettes, this <laughs> is the podcast where everyone knows your name. <laughs> Cheers to Cheers you. to you. I'm Josh, and I'm Tyler, and this is Thirty and Nerdy, and we are coming at you from the fortress of nerditude with yours truly, the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdledge, the Mac. And it is fantastic to be joined by my co-host, the... <laughs> Your what? Co-host. Co-host and uh, cohort together. Ah. Co-host. Look at you. My co-host, um, he is the... Co-host J- with the Merst? Ooh, I like that. I don't know that I like it. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. We'll put, it, we'll put it to a vote. <laughs> Whatever. Jury, we'll let the jury decide. My co-host, the... Uh, Nerdtorious JLD, the juicy one, the PhD with nerdology, Doctor Davis himself. Hola, nerd migos. Nerd migos, I like that one. So, uh, oh, what's up, Doc? Hey, <laughs> it's you know great to be here. Mm-hmm. I think we're fired up today for some reason. I don't know why. I think uh, we're very we're very passionate about this this topic. Not that we're not passionate about what we talk about, but, you know, it's Halloween coming up. I mean, Halloween is just days away. Hey, happy My Halloween. favorite holiday. Me too. Same of All time. And the best news is, this year, my mother isn't going to dress me up as a tree. Well, go back to episode one of yes, 30 and 30. Which we've got to get that picture. I'm looking, man. We've it's... got to find this picture. Because I want to show, I want to show our listeners how cool I used to dress up and how fun you used to dress up thanks mom but listen i know you were a tree but your bite was worse than your bark (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be a long show i I have no kids and i tell the best dad joke ever (laughs) um so if you are listening for the first time (laughs) thank you Thank you for tuning in, and if you are wondering, like, I don't know how I caught these people in the waves, you can listen to us on iTunes, Podcast, uh, Google Play, 
where you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to us on, let's say, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. In all honesty, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Uh, if you're listening to us again, thank you. We've made a lot of friends through this. A lot of people are active on Twitter. They're they're liking us. They're sharing our stuff. They're tweeting out to us. They're they're wanting to you know collaborate in different re- ways, uh, like Ocho Duro and the Pop Culture Brews podcast. I love that that every episode they do, mm-hmm. they create a brew based off of the episode it's theme. Pretty great. And idea. ironically, last week they talked about what we're talking about this week. Hey. And I even tweeted him, and I said, that's how, how ironic. I just got done playing Eddie, and that's what our next episode, and they were just like, we cannot wait to listen. And of course, our friends at For Your Reference, I mean, we're making so many podcast friends, and it's really cool, and that's what it's about. It's, it's about great to have friends. indie podcasts helping one another, yeah, marketing one another. It, it, it's fun, yeah, and that's what it ultimately comes down to. And so, you know... We're very thankful. Um, I, I I know we we run through the the thank you a lot, but but seriously, mm-hmm. we're very thankful. I mean, I think you said it probably a month or so ago. Feels like yesterday that we did not know that this would be kind of get the ball rolling as it has. Yeah, um, it's sort of it's, taken it's, off a lot more than than, than we I thought, thought in the first would. few months it would take yeah, out and. Uh, and that's that's due to you know people just being cool yeah. and awesome, mm-hmm. uh, being nerd skis with being us, supportive, very supportive. Thanks, people. Thank you, and especially our Patreon supporters. Without you, some of this stuff could not happen. We are very thankful of you. If you are not a Patreon supporter, you can become one, and you get a lot of behind the scenes action as well as maybe some little sneak peeks mm-hmm. behind the curtain of what's coming up. Uh, so, if you're interested, you can check us out on Patreon. So, how did your week been? Well, it's been an interesting week. Uh, earlier in the week, I had to go. Well, I didn't have to go. I was um, invited to this banquet uh, type deal that they had Bunk-way. here. It's for the. Uh, it's basically this. Uh, I don't know what you'd call them. Association called HCXL, and they're like. Uh, their their organization focuses on helping the school system, mm-hmm. especially through arts and things like that. And they have Mr. Mr. Harville is in, yes, in charge of that. That's right. Yeah. Love that family. Great family. And so they have this big fancy banquet at the country club mm-hmm. and um the teachers of the year, uh like the district level teachers of the year were invited as special mm-hmm. guests and I just so happened to be uh fortunate enough to be the district level middle school teacher of the year this past year so i was invited and they gave us these little uh little uh i don't even know trophies trophy looking Uh, plaque slash trophy it's It's a big apple it's got a big apple on it it's weighs like 20 pounds um yeah it was really really cool and like it's it was great to be honored and everything and um I really appreciated it, but I felt so out of place. I felt like a turd in a punch bowl in this place because everyone's wearing their suits and they look so fancy. And I don't even own and a suit. Three forks. 
There were three forks, dude. <laughs> and so, like, you know, they give you, there's tea already on the table. Mm-hmm. The tea is in a wine glass. And they're, you know, listen, I'm a southern yeah. boy. My tea's got to be sweet. Absolutely. This tea was not. <laughs> so I find the sweetener and I pour it into my glass. And I pour the whole box in. And the I glass. have no stirrer. So you, you put your finger dude, in the no, glass? No, I did it. not. I panicked instantly, dude. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Because they set me at the president's table, the president of HCXL. Of, of Harville? Yes. Whoa. No, uh, th- he's not the president, but still. It was the president's table, and I'm there with uh, the elementary level teacher of the year and the high school teacher of the year, who was also the Tennessee state teacher of the year. So the three of us are there, and my lovely wife was with us, and where there's all these fancy people and suits and everything, <laughs> and I'm sitting here with a pound of sugar sitting on top of my sweet tea, or my, my unsweet tea, and I don't know how to stir it. I'm like, what do I do? Becky, what do I do? What do I do? I don't have a stir. Do I take my knife? Do I stir it with my knife? I don't know what to do. I'm so, I feel so out of place. I was really panicking. <laughs> and so I felt like everyone would, like if I took my knife and put in my tea and started stirring, I feel like every person would turn and look at me and like, he's oh, not been here before. Exactly. That's exactly what my fear but was. But to be fair, it's okay because you're still in more stuff. Well, I ended up just asking a, a server for a straw. And I just gotcha. did it that way. But the point is, you were you were a fish out of water. It was a stressful night for me, but yeah. at the same time, it was a great night, and I felt very special and cool. very honored. Um, but uh, well, you Nick, are special, bud. You're special, to all you know of us. What? You're special too. Thank you. You didn't have to say that, but you did. How about you? Uh, you know, it's it's been a very very weird week because. In all honesty, for the first time in a while, for the first time in a while, a while, a while, I've not had some rehearsal or the show to be a part of or be at, and that's honestly for the first time in probably years. I can say that this is the first full week I've had nothing to do when I get home. Yeah. I've been waiting so long for this day because it's like, oh, hey, we need to do some work on the podcast. We need to record. We need this. Well, I've got rehearsal. I, got I can. Rehearsal. I have rehearsal. So your options are uh, uh, right after school and we're limited, or your options are 1130 at night. Yes. I'm going to be dead to the world. Exactly. So, um, it's great. that. We and maybe can... that's why we're, we're so energetic. We're peppy and, and peppy is because this is the first episode without me at a show. Fired up, boy. Yeah. We're fired up, but I tell you, woohoo. Um so it it's been a week of catching up on not just some Z's but some TVs mm-hmm. and some, some mm-hmm. binging some shows and Ooh, we have you know, lots to talk about. Much oh my watching. gosh. Uh, yeah. That segment's gonna be big because um D C T V is heading towards, you know, the crisis. And so I've been catching up on a lot of that stuff. But it's really just been a, a fantastic week, and we've gotten a lot, and I mean a lot of positive feedback on last week's episode. Yeah, last week was a lot of fun. It was fun. Zombies are great. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're... Except when they're eating your face. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you've been bitten, they're not great. Mm. But, like, for us, they're great, because we, we love that genre. We love to talk about them, and I mean, it's a topic that 
everyone in this day and age, even if you don't watch zombie stuff, you know zombie stuff. Yeah, I was still in uh, zombie mode when I was at that fancy banquet because when they gave me that little trophy and I was like, guys, this thing, we could use this in Zombieland. If somebody broke out right now, I could kill him. We could use this thing <laughs> I could for hit sure. him in the head with this thing it and we'd would be fine. do some damage. <laughs> So, uh, but this week, however, we're very excited. It is going to be our last episode of October, um, which is, this month has just flown by. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just had an episode where I said, oh, my favorite month is is on its way. October, yeah, it's my it's favorite gone. time of year. Now it's gone. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about Rocky Horror, a show that, you know, you could say it has a cult following. But at the same time, it's very popular. Mm-hmm. So it's like a popular cult following, which is weird. Um, and I'm very excited to talk about that. Me too. As are you. I know hopefully in talking about it we can uh, establish that Josh is jealous that I've gotten to do the show. And he has not. Mm. Um, so, But we will get to all that after a word from our sponsor. All right. Hey guys, Tyler here from 30 and Nerdy, and we are partnering with a uh, local nonprofit here in town. And even if you are not from Morristown or from the area, it's an amazing opportunity to help a nonprofit. Uh, it is Morristown Hamblin Central Services. And uh, what we were doing is we have partnered with Advertising Expressions and we have created Christmas Nerdy Shirts. And uh, you can check those out at www.companycasuals.com slash mhcsnerdy. And it comes in red or green. And you have all sizes from youth to adult. So, And those shirts are $15 and up compared considering what size you are picking. And all the proceeds go to help the Christmas benefit that Central Services here puts on through the Angel Tree as well as their Christmas program to get needy families um, food at Christmas as well as gifts for their kids. So please, please consider um, helping us out and raising awareness as well as funds for this opportunity. Uh, again, that web- website is www.companycasuals.com slash mhcs nerdy and uh thank you very much all right time to talk nerdy so we have been going on class we have been discussing and breaking down the order of nerd or nerdarchy. I hope you've been taking your notes. Now I'm going to be a teacher now, since okay. you are. Um, we have talked about the the recruit. Yeah. The apprentice. Nerd apprentice. And what did I say? Nerdyman. Last? What was la- journeyman? So this week, I thought you would like this one. <laughs> Squire. <laughs> I'm getting medieval on you guys. <laughs> Um, so a squire is a lower level nerd who has become a close friend to a higher level nerd in hopes to learn and become a higher level nerd one day themselves. Oh. 
And I got that idea because I was watching the last, you know, near the end there of Game of Thrones. Pod. Podrick. Podrick actually becomes quite a fighter. Yeah. And quite a gentleman because he's been hanging out with Brienne. Mm -hmm. He's squiring for Brienne. Yeah. And it actually did help. And I was like... Tyrion helped too. Tyrion did help a lot. Going back and thinking, like, Tyrion... Tyrion shaped the show. Love Tyrion. He also introduced democracy. <laughs> well, he tried to. In his own way. He tried. He, he got tried. laughed out of the, the yeah. meeting there. All right. Well, we, anyway. elect, we elect a king. Ha 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 ha. So I have a question. You okay. said this is like, what, our fourth one? Yes. Out of seven? Yes. So four is still lower level? Oh, yeah. We're f- wow. we're probably five or six. Okay. Okay, so you want to hear the example? Yeah. I think you'll like this. I'm sure I will. Now, Becky. Oh, be careful. May have had some nerdledge going into your all's relationship, but has definitely had to squire a bit to learn more. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Can confirm. Can confirm. So, if you are a squire nerd out there, we know what you're doing. We know that we're on to you. We're on to you. All right, you're just hanging out with some of these higher level nerds to get your nerdledge up to a certain level. Then you'll split off, squire, and find your own squire, or someone will squire you. So that is your. We got to keep the wheel turning somehow. Yeah, we have to. I mean, it's the it's the wheel of nerd. So. That is your nerd word for this week. So you have the recruit, Mm -hmm. level one. Level two is apprentice. Level three is... Journeyman. Journeyman. Level four, squire. Starting next week, we're getting to the higher levels. Can't wait. I'm excited as well. I just have to to work this week on creating it. So... Well, good luck. Yeah, thank you. So why don't we get to your favorite segment. Let's do it. And it's called... What you watching? So, JD, you texted me earlier this week going, dude, I'm excited about what you're watching. I've been watching a lot of stuff. So why don't you go first? Yeah. So, <laughs> Zombievers. Did you watch it? No, I'm just kidding. Ah, it. You got my head. You got my hopes up. Because I actually watched the first, like, 20 minutes of well, it. Well, I went to Netflix and typed it in, and it wasn't on there. It's on uh, Hulu right though. now. Zombievers. Did you watch the whole thing? No, I got about 20 minutes in and went, I'm done. Uh, All right, I'm going to head out. (laughs) You know, I was like, I'm going to head out. I'll make it about five minutes then, probably. Yeah, definitely. Okay, seriously, though, let's try it this week. Okay. Since I have all this free time, let's just, you know, get some wings, maybe, because that will at least keep our attention enough until the wings are gone. Mm -hmm. So, we'll get some wings, a couple cherry Cokes, and we'll just... Pop in Zombievers. I'm there. And we'll give it a try. So seriously. Okay. Uh, okay, so I watched uh, a handful of episodes of The Twilight Zone over the The new weekend. one? No. Oh, the old the one. The old one. The Why? old black and white. Well, I was with uh, a couple of my buddies in Greenville, and they just happened to be Were watching. Were you with Jack? I was with Jack. Oh, Jack. And um, so it was, I hadn't really seen a whole lot of The Twilight Zone. You I'm actually, to I'm ashamed Twilight to say. Zone. Um, you want to know my favorite episode? Uh, Beauty's in the Eye of the Beholder. No. Monsters are due on Maple Street. That's a good one. I've because actually taught that, that in class. that is society, by God. That. Uh, That's... The, 
One of Monsters our are due on Maple on. Street is, I'm telling you, Nicotero and all them were fans of that as well. Oh, no doubt. Because that is just proof that if Monsters were to come, society's who you have to worry about. Um, well, we watched several. Uh, one that we watched, uh, actually I'm going to use in class tomorrow. Um, really? Because I'm, you know, I'm a nerd. Because uh, the whole time we were watching the episode, I was like, I can use this in class. I've been teaching uh, how elements of of a story interact with one another and affect the, the development of the story, okay. especially conflict. So we watched an episode called A Thing About Machines. Oh, and yeah, this yeah. guy goes crazy because all the machines in his house are out to get him. Yeah, so toaster's out to yeah, get him. Yeah, it's like yeah. His, his, his razor... Even yeah. when it's not plugged in, it's like coming down the stairs like yeah. a snake toward him. Yeah. So I'm going to watch that in class with some of my kiddos, and we're going to talk about conflict and how all of his interactions with the technology create and further the conflict. Uh, but anyway, you all don't need a, a lesson right now on that. But The Twilight Zone, just in time for Halloween. It's on Netflix. It's Absolutely. It's on Amazon Prime. And watch I can't wait Twilight to see Zone. the new stuff that Kane, that, uh, is it Kane or Peel that's doing the reboot. I think it's... Key. Keen. Key. Key. Sorry. Um, because they, he's got some names in there. Glenn from Walking Dead's in mm. one of them. Norman Reedus? Norman Reedus. No, Glenn. Oh, Stephen Yun. Glenn. Are you Do you even nerd, bro? You just said, I said Glenn. You said Norman Reedus. Hey, like, shut up, okay? I I'm corrected just saying. Myself. You remember uh, our friend Logan, the Rev of Rants, his mom, for a while there, Glenn was working out at her gym in Nashville. She's like, she texts, you were part of those. You knew. Of course, your early Alzheimer's just setting in yeah. and you've forgotten all about it. But for a while there, Logan's mom worked out at the same gym Glenn did uh, in the off season. Nice. Uh, it's cool. But yeah, I saw him in an episode and he's got some stars coming out to do this I'll reboot check it out. of because he's proven to be a. Yeah. A messed up scary individual. Yeah. And the the fact that he's come from Key and Peel mm-hmm. comedy, you know, where everyone's favorite skit from Key and Peel was the substitute teacher. <laughs> you know, <laughs> messing up the names. And coming from a former substitute teacher, that stuff does happen if you don't have oh, these kids every day. <laughs> it's actually Peel. Peel, yeah. Because yeah. Key is the taller he's bald the tall one, one who's in uh uh, he's in Parks and Rec a little bit. He's in a lot of things. He is in a lot of things. Also, a new Netflix original called Daybreak. I saw a lot of peop- friends on Facebook's watching this. It's really good, man. So basically the premise of this, it's like post-apocalyptic war. It sort of ties into our last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The adults are affected by, it's like a, a, a bio-weapon. And all the adults are sort of turned into some type of zombie type thing. And basically all that's left are the kids. So teenagers are running the show. And all the cliques from high school, they have territories throughout uh, Los Angeles. And it's a comedy. Uh, Actually, Matthew Broderick is in it. What? Yes, sir. sir. It's true. Um, Which means it's got to be good because he's choosy. It's very good. Uh, you will enjoy it. I know, like, 100% sure you will like it. I'm only one episode in because I haven't so had a So only time. the adults. Is it like an age thing, or... Yeah, it's like a, it's a bioweapon, so it only affects people of a certain age, so, wow. so it seems. I mean, I'm only one episode in. There's also a lot of elements of, like, Mad Max in it and stuff like that. Just a lot of, like, 
post-apocalyptic famous stuff in it. But also with a very light-hearted comedy. Uh, well, and it also kind of plays on the uh, societal high school levels of popularity. It does, big time, yeah. And also, you remember uh, a couple years ago, there was a Dolly Parton movie, like it had the little girl that played her as a kid, Code of Many Colors. Oh, yeah. As a Tennessean, we have to know about that stuff. Um, but the little girl Absolutely. who played Dolly is in this show too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she's not playing a Dolly Parton type character. I'll tell you that. But is this is this PG thirteen? This is mm, R. Probably more for mature. And this audience. is a Netflix. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You can tell they're not Disney. Well, that's for sure. That's for that's as my older brother Christopher would say for sure. That's what's one of his new phrases. Money, cash, money, money. cash, money. So uh, I will check it out this week. I definitely will check it out. This You'll week. like it because since you, uh, we were in our group text with the Rev, and you said, "Dude, I've started watching this Daybreak thing," and ironically, like the next day, like so many people, friends on my Facebook were like posting pictures of, "Have you watched Daybreak?" What can I say I'm a trendsetter? You're a trendsetter, brother. Um, so, is that all you've been watching? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I went back and after the show, like Tuesday, um, I watched uh, I watched Rocky I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show again, like the Monday or Tuesday after the show. I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show again, and um, I wish that we had done our sit down with our special guest before I watched it because I would have been looking for the things that he had a little inside information on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still holds up. Like I, I'm a rockaholic. I love this movie, and I've also been, of course, uh, dude. The most recent episodes of Titans. My goodness. So I'm seriously planning. Um, you have my login. I know. Uh, well, don't tell everybody. DC may come after us. Um, you have your login. I have my own login. And um, I'm planning on Thanksgiving break. I am going to start season one. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll watch it again with you. All right, let's do it. Um, but dude, I'm telling you, their Deathstroke is great. Their storyline they're heading towards. Which, speaking of Deathstroke, did you know that uh, I didn't include this in the news that that's who DC that's who DC wants Keanu to play now. Hmm. That Constantine's kind of out of the picture because they don't know if they want to go the DC dark route. I think he'd be good. I can see it. Yeah. And plus, Keanu can do anything. I mean, he's proved it. Hmm. This is like the third coming of Keanu. Because remember, we grew up to him and Bill and Ted. Yeah. Then a whole other generation got to see him as Neo. Yeah. And then he disappeared for a little bit. Yeah. And now he's John Wick. And everybody loves him. And I'm like, uh, we've known about Keanu... For some years now. When my middle schoolers know who Keanu Reeves is, that's how you know somebody's a big deal. Absolutely. You know. Because they're trendy. They are. They are. So they I've been watching that. about the Visco girl, you know, after all. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I've also been binging uh, Letterkenny. I finally got the time to. You've been saying to me for a while now that, like, have you seen Letterkenny? And we watched the first episode together. Yeah. Of season one. Yeah. And that was like two years ago. Gosh, was it? Now. Wow. And so I was like, I'll get to it. No, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Well, now I finally have time, and I've been binging the heck out of it. I always know what things you're really going to like. 
Because uh, it pops agree. into my quotes and my accent. I'll start saying stuff like pitter-patter. Yeah. You know, use. Use. It's not really a nerdy show, but at the it's same not, time, but it's really like, good. It's addictive. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're only like 20 minutes long. It's Canadian. It's very Canadian. But not for the nerdlings also. Very but. funny. Definitely not for the nerdlings. But they're very funny. And it's just the type of comedy that's great for us. A lot of it's very dry humor, which I love. Very back and forth, very yeah. dry, very... Uh, based off of terminology as opposed to delivery of the line and very mm-hmm. it's just very great yeah. it's it's better than some British humor mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. because I have to put the captions on with the British shows that I watch because yeah. I can't understand I've learned some new terms saying. though like uh, those two hockey players that you quote Ferda all the time. Ferda. They're like, you want to crush some Sandos before practice? I had to look up like what Sandos were. Yeah. Sandwiches. Yeah. Getting their f- eating before practice. Yeah. Crush some Sandos. Well, I'm not a hockey fan. I don't know this terminology. Yeah. Um, but if you have not watched Letterkenny, watch Letterkenny. Check it out. It's pretty funny. I figured some, it out. Now, some of it, I'll say, like, it's really... It's really silly, like kind of dumb, silly. Like. The the tweakers are very silly. Yeah, the tweakers who were played by. If you also watch Supernatural, um, his nickname was Alfie in season eight or nine of Supernatural. But he played. <laughs> s- shut up, okay. I swear I've made just, a joke about this. I just in the proved your point. Oh, no, oh no, this no, guy no. was on episode. He was in all season. He was Samandriel, the angel Samandriel. <laughs> he plays the head of the Tweakers, uh, Stuart. Stuart. Uh, Stuart. Uh, he's in it, and he is completely opposite of an angel. He is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, but check it out. Um, so aside from Rocky Horror and Letterkenny, I have uh, been. Uh, checking out some of the DC animated things that I have not watched in a while. Have you seen this? Uh, did you watch? Is uh, it Justice League Dark? I I think I've seen some of it. There is talks that now that Joker was so successful, that Pattinson's Batman may eventually cross over into a Justice League Dark universe. They'll find a Constantine if they don't bring back Keanu. They'll find a Constantine and they'll do this storyline because they Joker has proven that dark, like actual dark, not dark night, but dark DC works. So when I, I started hearing rumors of a live action like, oh, you know, uh, Berlanti would love to do a live action dark. I was like, I'm going to have to rewatch it and see if this will work. Mm. It'd be scary, man. Especially with today's. Hey, I'm in. So I watched the animated version of Dark again. And if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Check it out. Figure it out. Goodness. (laughs) So that is what we've been watching. And uh, I guess that means that we are going to move on to... The news. Alright, so let's get into some nerd news. And I had to lead off with this. The Joker... Has passed Deadpool to be the number one rated R movie of all time. Well deserved, I'll say. Very well deserved. And it's just... It's nice to have a win for DC, you know. Because, like... 
Yeah, except Deadpool was an MCU, so it's not Disney. Even when Fox is baiting you. Huh? <laughs> it's just nice, okay? Yeah. It's nice to You have. deserve it. It's nice to have it. And we're going to go see it again soon because we next week we're talking Joker. Yeah. Again. Uh, the movie, not the character. The movie, not the character. The newest movie. Yes. Um, so, congratulations, Joker. Yeah. Todd Phillips, in all honesty, I saw a due date. I watched The Hangovers. I had no idea you had this in you. <laughs> I will rename my firstborn son Joaquin. Joaquin. Did I say rename? I can't rename him when a I kid don't even you didn't have, have. <laughs> So I will name. You have a, pl- but but you can say rename because you have a name planned. Yeah. PJ. Yeah. Parker James. Don't give don't give it away. Oh Someone's yeah. Someone's gonna steal it. Sure. Becky will be happy if someone steals it and you don't. <laughs> Becky will be happier with Joaquin than PJ. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so moving on, Scorsese. Don't speak that name to me. Has walked back his comments. <gasps> oh, then please tell his me His new comment is, The tentpole films like these are amusement parks for moviegoers. They are just a different kind of cinema. Do you feel that that's back- backhanded? Oh, wow. A little bit. Comparing some of the Marvel movies to an amusement park? Well, I mean, I guess why do you go to an amusement park? Fun... Thrills. Why do you go to a comic book movie? Similar reasons, I suppose, but that doesn't mean that these movies don't have depth to them because they some of do. them do. They do. You want to tell me? That I didn't think that. No, no. I love we, you, three thousand. Oh my god. Okay. Come on. Mm. I wanna. I wanna get back what we lost, but keep what I found. That's deep stuff, dude. And I think a lot of it's thought process. If you are not... How do I word this? Theatrical enough to find depth in things like the MCU, Mm -hmm. then that's just the way your brain's wired. And and nobody's the same. But you're missing out if you don't... But you're missing out, because... Tony talking to his dad in the past. Oh, having that closure? All that stuff, man... And, and, well, I, and, and I'm and only making in-game references. But it's funny. It's funny. It's like, you know, Tony quotes, "I see a suit of armor around the world." He says that in uh, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. To protect it. Yeah. However, he couldn't do that, so he put an, a suit of armor around his world. Rhodey, Pepper. He put a suit of armor around his world. Yeah. And that's depth, man. That's. But see, Martin Scorsese doesn't understand that because Martin Scorsese probably is. He makes he, mafia movies. Yeah, well, he probably hasn't sat down and watched these movies. Oh, he really probably hasn't. And it's unfair. And Jennifer Aniston is just pissed she hasn't been cast as a Marvel female lead. Yeah. The minute Disney or female or Marvel or anybody called and said, "Hey, Aniston, we want you to play so and so," she'd be like, "Okay." I just don't think that she fits into that world. No, so she doesn't. We'll just go without her. We'll just that? go without. Uh, we'll take Monica instead. Yeah, or Phoebe. <laughs> or Phoebes. Uh, so, moving forward. Big news for us 90s kids. Yeah? A live-action Mattel movie is in development. Huh. Barney. <gasps> what? Yes. Really? Mattel is developing a live-action Barney movie. Like the dinosaur? Yes, the dinosaur, oh. not 
Andy Griffith's deputy. My daughter will be excited about that. She well, I mean, loves Baby Bop. I liked uh, DJ. DJ, the yellow BJ, one. BJ, DJ. DJ. The little yellow guy. The yellow guy. Yeah. I liked him the most. Yeah. But yeah, could you imagine the cover artists who will be coming out to do Clean Up? <laughs> <laughs> clean up, clean, clean up. up. It'll be Selena Gomez doing clean up for the live action movie. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, that's got that's something for us to look forward to. Can't wait. So Freeform has canceled Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. Two seasons they've had. Well, Marvel doesn't necessarily kill it with the TV shows. So no, uh, but they will it. still show up in Runaway season three. Okay. In the crossover and. In talks with Feige, there is hope that he will bring them to the Disney Plus universe and give them, just continue their show there, or bring them into the MCU movies. Because Cloak and Dagger is actually, I'd consider them high C-list, wouldn't you? Sure. Okay. But there is still a chance that Feige may save it, because now Feige's in charge of everything, pretty much. So, moving forward, the official Netflix Instagram account posted a family reunion picture of the Umbrella Academy. Yeah! Back together, saying that season two is coming soon. Shooting has apparently been going since in secret since June. Nice. I like that. So it'll be here sooner than we expected. I like that. I do too. They've not been advertising all this crazy filming stuff, like, oh, here we are in Bora Bora. But it's just, it's been it, done it's in a, secret. It's such a nice feeling for, like, you know, oh, we've just started filming. Well, that means we still got, like, a year before we get yeah. it. Oh, hey, guess what? Season two's coming, and it's already almost done. Like, that means it'll be here even sooner. Yeah. Yes. And plus, it's the first time they've posted anything about it. They're just like, oh, by the way, um, did we not tell you? We've, like, been filming since January. That's great. And, Go and, and that And that gave that... <gasps> Like when I saw Netflix posted, I went. <gasps> you know, we're going to talk a lot about this here in a couple of weeks or so when we do Streaming Wars Two, um, Revenge of the Binge. <laughs> <laughs> that just hit me. That was great. Revenge of the Binge. Uh, but I remember when we did talk about Streaming Wars originally, I was like, you know, I'm probably going to get rid of Netflix, dude. Mm-hmm. Netflix has stepped it up. They and have to. They had no choice. But yes. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep. Good. It. So. Well, uh, we know you'll keep it because. Umbrella Academy 2. 100%. Stranger Things 4. Daybreak. Daybreak. Which seems like as popular as it is already, it's probably going to keep going. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Moving forward, it has been over 25 years since the release of Hocus Pocus in theaters. Did you know that? I did. We're old. Let's not go there. Okay. Now, word out of D+. D+ Disney Plus offices and ComingSoon.net says that Workaholics producer, writer, and actress has been slated to pin the straight-to-Disney Plus sequel to the Halloween classic Hocus Pocus. So excited. So excited. What a great Halloween surprise for all of us. Everybody loves Hocus Pocus. Everybody loves it. Absolutely. Only if they can incorporate incorporate the original sisters. They will all come back. I'm... No, as of right now, she's the only name attached. But wouldn't it be cool if, like, some great great granddaughter of Winifred Sanderson found Boo? No, I want the actual Winifred. Well, no, 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 no. Like, she resurrects them. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, instead of Max, the virgin, lighting the candle, an actual, like, oh, my gosh, I'm related to one of the most mm, evil witches. I see. Like, you the know, conflict that that could cause, because what if she's actually a good person, but she accidentally re- resurrects her evil great, 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 great There grandma. was a book that came out that was supposed to be, like, the official sequel to yes. the story. I yes. didn't read it because I heard it wasn't very good. Um I didn't either. But. And, and then I met Kathy and Jimmy like four, three or four years ago. And I actually, in her Q&A, I said, I'm sure you're asked this everywhere you go. Hocus Pocus 2, maybe? And it got like thunderous applause and everything. And she said, you know what? I think we would all love to do it. I think they all would too. So, Sarah Jessica Parker needs something right now. Yeah, she does. Since Sex and the City ended. It's not like she ever has to work again though after that. So... That's true. We'll see. But I hope that she comes back. I hope they all come In back. In all honesty, I, we were watching it as a family the other night. Mm-hmm. Like the one time in months that we're all five together. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I will go on record saying this, that that's some of the best performance acting that Sarah Jessica Parker's ever done. Sure. Because yeah. her character in Sex and the City, boring. Some of the movies she did... Very stale. To you, a 30-year-old white okay, male. sure. Yes, absolutely. To a 30-year-old white male, some of that stuff's just boring. But everybody can enjoy Sarah Sanderson. But just the caricature mm-hmm. of it. I yeah. felt like, wow, she's going all out on this. So I'm excited. It's not a reboot. It's not different actors playing different characters. A sequel over 20 years later... I can get behind way before I can get behind a reboot. I'm down with that. I'm down with it. So, moving forward. The Last of Us 2 has been pushed back from February of next year to May of next year. Because the uh, Sony PlayStation, the developers and all that, said they will not release something that's not to their standards. You know what? I respect it. Good on them. Thank you. There's been some controversy controversy over the past couple weeks because... uh, Wrestling fans know the uh, WWE 2K video games come out around this time every year. Uh, This is the first year in probably 10 or 11 years or more that I have not bought the game uh, right around release date. Uh, You sort of had a little bet with me. Oh, I'll guarantee you something will happen and you'll I do owe you $10. Guess what? I didn't get it. Uh, And luckily for me... I didn't because it got like a 4.2 rating. That's the lowest rating game I've um, ever it's seen. tons of glitches. Everybody's talking about how awful it is. So, um, you know, it's best that you you hold it back, especially something that's so antis- heavily anticipated Absolutely. as The Last of Us. Well, I mean, how many times every year will we like, I wonder who's on the cover. Oh, I wonder what they'll add next year. I wonder mm-hmm. what's going to be great next year. Yeah. But I haven't bought one in two years. Yeah. And... Actually, no, three years. Golly, yeah. I haven't bought one in three years, and I've just seen the decline because I would—I knew you would buy them, so I'd play at your house. Mm-hmm. And I've just never been since they sold out to Two K. Mm-hmm. I've not been impressed. Yeah, and these are the same people who make these million-dollar-selling basketball games, right? And they can't take the time to make a better wrestling game. It just kind of it kind of lets the fans down. I imagine that there's a lot more that goes into the mechanics of putting together a wrestling game and a basketball game, though. Absolutely. I will say that. Plus, 
the wrestling games have to have the fancy entrances and the lights and the music and the 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 pyro and the stories and, and there's all, all those stuff. like creating your own character Tons. creating your own organization yeah. creating i mean because remember back in the day we used to have like not play with any of the actual characters we create yeah. our own yeah we did companies yeah and like rosters of 25 characters deep mm-hmm. with backstories mm-hmm. and entrances and attire and it's one of the great things about those games yes but i mean i've seen i saw the video you tagged us in and it was, whoo, buddy, stuff. that looks rough. But I do owe you $10. Yeah, you do. Or or I could take you to Akita. Hey, I'm always down for something. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so moving forward, um, it, this is actually breaking news. I added this and did not tell you. Game of Thrones prequel series starring Naomi Watts will not move forward at HBO. Uh, they've canceled it. They've put it off. Yeah. I could imagine that a lot of the past year of verbiage and wordage used to de- describe the universe that they created. And I have even heard, again, this is not confirmed, but I have heard that it may affect D&D's trilogy at Star Wars. That's that's canceled. That's done. They canceled that's, it? That's Yeah, I read that today. That's not <sighs> happening. Yeah. Shucks. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I am. You know, and I defended Game of Thrones, and I still, I was not nearly as disappointed or bothered as most people were. Clearly, they missed the mark somewhere. Um, I was just, I was just And okay I kind of think but. that that's why we haven't had an episode about it, because you've admitted, like, look, I know I'm in the minority. Yeah. There's no need that's to debate fine. it at this point. Yeah. You know, I've defended it. It missed the mark somewhere with the majority. For sure. So, obviously, somewhere something happened where 90% of America didn't like it. for me, though, I just look at it logically. To me, the ending of that story logically made sense and was fine. But for a lot of people, it was anticlimactic. And I, I, I guess I get it. I think that a lot of people, and I don't want to go on too much of a mini-sode. Maybe we'll do a mini-sode on it. Maybe just about the finale. Sure. Just how it all ended. Not really deep diving, just how it all, okay, we've seen it all, it ended, blah, 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 hippity hoopla. So, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Why don't we do a mini-sode next season sure. about it, or maybe sure. in the next couple of weeks. Sure. Um, so, moving forward, the last bit of news here. The CW is actively developing a one-hour project called Superman and Lois Lane. My and it will goodness. star Tyler Hart. Hoshlin. Is this the guy from Supergirl? Yes. So Hoshlin as the titular and and, uh, Elizabeth Tulak, who appeared in Elseworlds as Lois Lane. So is this like the 10th Arrowverse show at this point? Yes. Good lord. Yes, but Arrow's ending. I guess. And I think Flash will end soon, too, sadly. Uh, But, so, I mean, DC's killing it in TV, so... Sure enough. And they've proved that they can kill it with minor Justice League members. Why not bring in a major gun and see if they can kill it? And if they can, maybe they'll, you know, do better on TV and maybe not focus as much on the Justice League universe and film as they will on TV. Could be. That'd be great. But that's all of I know there's a lot. There's a lot of news today. There's a lot of news. There's a lot happens in a week. 
For like sure. you never think about it, but like, so starting from when we record last week's episode to today, I keep up with a lot of nerd news through different outlets, stuff like that, getting notifications on different stuff, whether it's through, I do, uh, I'm signed up to get notifications through DCTV, I'm getting notifications through CW, I'm getting notifications, and I, it hit me the other day, I was like, good lord, a lot of nerd news happens in a week. It's like. True. We can't even, and, and, to show you and this is me shortening, is. shortening the list. I shorten the list because you're like, dude, we can't do an entire episode on news. Yeah. So I shorten it to six or seven things every week. So there's just so much. And keep up with our social media because anything we don't talk about, we will share. Holy nerdy news, Batman. Holy nerdy news, Batman. So uh, how about uh, we get to what we're talking about and we will get to that. After a word from our sponsors. I'm so glad that you finally showed up with our dinner because I am starving. What did you bring me? Well, uh, you know, I brought Akita again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because it's our favorite place I to eat. I can't be mad at that. Yeah, exactly. what, what did you order this time? You know, every time I say I'm going to try something new, I always show back up with my regular chicken teriyaki. I understand. White rice. No vegetables. No vegetables, I know. Could have had a V8. <laughs> um, and it just, it's my favorite, man. And it looks like you brought me my favorite, which is the shrimp and chicken combo. No mm-hmm. broccoli. Extra mushrooms with extra shrimp sauce. Best shrimp sauce in town. Uh, in town. In the state. For sure. I'm telling you, there is no comparison on this shrimp sauce. And uh, we are going to try not to to mutter through this episode while eating at the same time. We don't want... That's just unprofessional. Right. So, listen. We love this food. It's Akita Express. It's right here in Morristown, Tennessee. We highly recommend this place. Ten out of ten would recommend. I've never heard an unkind word about Akita. So please give them a try. They are right here in Morristown, Tennessee at 3100 East Morse Boulevard. And please, when you stop by, tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. Hey, all you nerds out there in Nerdland. This is David. And this is Tim. And we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci-fi shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and Tyler of the 30 and Nerdy podcast, where they discuss, debate, and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the dark side with us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Cheers to you, nerds, and don't forget your keys. And we're back. And that means that it's time for us to... On the Rocky Horror Show. I guess it's a Rocky Horror Show slash Rocky Horror Picture Show. Whichever. There's a difference. There is a big difference. There is a big difference. Um, so, the Rocky Horror Show is a musical. With music, lyrics, and book. All by one man. Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien. A dedicated hum- man. Very dedicated he kind of reminds me of today's Terrence Zudnick, the grave robber from uh, Repo, Man. Repo Man. Sure. He wrote it. He wrote the There's music. Definitely he some, wrote the book. Uh, connection. There's some connections. 
I don't think we have Repo Man without Rocky Horror. I agree. So, it's a humorous tribute to the science fiction and horror B-list and C-list movies of the 1930s through the early 60s. The musical tells the story of a newly engaged couple getting caught in a storm and coming to the home of a mad transvestite scientist, Dr. Frankenfurter, unveiling his new creation, a sort of Frankensteinian-style monster in the form of an artificially made, fully grown, physically perfect muscle man named Rocky, complete with blonde hair and a tan... Now this show, dude, I was I was looking up dates mm-hmm. for the on stage show. There has not been one year from nineteen seventy three till two thousand nineteen. There has not been one year where this show has not been on stage in either Broadway, West End, or touring. That's amazing. It's unprecedented. I don't know a musical that's done that. Maybe Phantom. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at the. the That's stats crazy. And 1973, the, the tales. You have to look at the tales, the deets and the tales, and the tales. Okay. So, most recent tour is 2019 UK tour, and the first was 1973. I mean, that's just. That's insane. It's a long time. It's a long time, and of course, most people know it as the movie. Yeah. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. The show was produced and directed by Jim Sharman. The original London production of the musical premiered at the Royal Court Theatre. Upstairs of the Royal Court Theatre on June 19, 1973. It later moved to several other locations in London and closed on September 13, 1980. The show ran for a total of 2,960 performances and won 1973 Evening Standard Theatre Award. For Best Musical, its 1974 debut in the U.S. and Los Angeles had a successful nine-month run, but its 1975 Broadway debut at the Belisecco Theater lasted only three previews and 45 showings despite earning one Tony nomination and three Drama Desk nominations. Very international productions have since panned across six continents as well as West End and Broadway revivals and eight UK tours. Actor Tim Curry, who originated the role of Dr. Frankenfurter in the original London production, became particularly associated with this such musical. The musical was adapted into a 1975 film, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, starring Richard O'Brien himself as Riff Raff, my dream role. I think a lot of people's dream role, in all honesty. I know you want to be Brad, Mm -hmm. but most people I've talked to, they're like, oh no, Riff Raff. Riff Raff. Riff Raff's pretty cool. Well, he's got some of the best notes, some of the memorable moments, Mm -hmm. I guess you would. Aside from Frankenfurter, I think Riff Raff's got the best. Yeah. Memorable moments. Frankenfurter's not easy. You got to be really committed to, oh to be gosh. a good Frank. Absolutely, I do. In 2016, it was adapted into a a television live film, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. The musical was ranked eighth in BBC Radio Two listener poll on national nation's number one essential musicals. The Rocky Horror Show was one of eight UK musicals featured on 
Royal Mail stamps issued in February of 2011. Beyond its cult status, the Rocky Horror Show is also widely said to have been an influence on con- counter cultural and, and in all honesty, it, it opened a lot of eyes. Well, it bet. did. Um, it's it's been very influential in um, the liberation, I think, of you know trans Americans. Oh yeah, as so, well as homosexual. Any anyone other than what most people would deem straight. I think that this musical really helped them open up. Sure, and see that there's a world for them as well. Um. And in in all honesty, man, I think that um, I I I did not anticipate when I was in sixth grade when my mom showed me the movie, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, there's this. Uh, you like musicals?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do. You're getting into into plays, and you like being a stage actor." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And she's like, "Well, there's this show." that when she was a cheerleader at the University of Kentucky, that they would go to every Halloween in Louisville to watch this show. She called it the Rocky Horror Show. And she was like, you scream things, you throw stuff, blah, blah, blah. There's a movie based. And you know Tim Curry? We had just, she had just shown me Congo, the killer gorilla movie. Yeah. And Tim Curry's in it. Yeah. She's like, and you've also seen It. And I said, yeah, yeah, I have. It's terrifying. Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure Island. She was like, well, what if I told you <laughs> that he really got his 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 rocket blasting start not doing those kinds of films? I was like, ah, okay. And so she rented from Blockbuster. Yes, kids, there used to be this thing called Blockbuster. <laughs> 90s for the win. <laughs> And we watched it, and at first, I didn't realize what I was getting into when the lips popped up and started singing the opening mm-hmm. song, which is actually Richard O'Brien, mm-hmm. who, he considers himself, it's a, it's not trans, it's not pansexual, it's it's like a, just a fluid, not really a name to what he considers himself. Okay. So, he's actually singing that Mm-hmm. Opening for the movie. Well, most people don't know that. Yeah. Um, so I watched it, and afterwards, immediately, I was just like, I want to do this show. And I don't think I know many 12 year olds <laughs> in Morristown, Tennessee, that was saying, I want to do this show after seeing Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then, you know, after we met, we even had this pipe dream of creating our own theater company. Yeah. And our debut show would be. The Rocky Horror Show. Oh, yeah. We were. We had a dream casted and everything. We were working hard on making it. We were. We never. We're going to have an elevator and everything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so, I mean, you know, first thoughts before we, you know, really talk about facts or talk about our. Get with our interviewer who interviewed with us. Interviewee. Interviewee. You know, when did you first. I was a little late, uh, late to the game on this. Um, I knew that it was a thing. I had seen the, the images of Tim Curry and the Frankenfurter getup before, but I'd never really taken the time to watch it. I just didn't know what it was. Um, I was working at Fye, which is like a CD movie uh, video video game. This is really late in life. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. Uh, but 
later than it should have been for me to know about such a thing. But they were showing it at the Tennessee Theater one night. And my buddy at work was like, hey, we should go check it out. I was like, hey, sure, why not? Let's go. <laughs> so we go, and there's all these people dressed up and everything. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. I like this. And then the movie starts, and I can't hear a dang word they're saying because everybody's yelling at the screen. And I'm like, guys, would y'all please? This is not how you act in a theater. I cannot understand what's going on. And then, you know, I learned the whole deal. Yeah. So anyway, I was hooked. I became a big fan after that. Well, it's funny, um, you know, we just recently did the show, again, the revival of Encores, Rocky Horror, and unlike the first one, I was lucky to get to, you know, their, their, their Eddie wasn't returning, mm-hmm. Eddie slash Dr. Scott. If you've just seen the movie, in the normal stage version, Eddie, which is Meatloaf's character in the movie, actually doubles as his uncle, Dr. Scott. Right. So... Back during Mamma Mia, the director Donna said, Hey, we're doing this again. I know it's short notice. Ian's not returning. What would you think? And I immediately was like, ah, yes. yes. There's nothing that will keep me from this opportunity. Absolutely, I'm in. So it was an amazing experience um, because it's such a cult classic. And you say the name and. Most people either think, wow, that's a little freaky. That's mm, that's yeah. not what I'm used to watching. It's out of a lot of people's comfort zone. It is. Be, it, and, Most people and, should lighten up. Absolutely. Lighten up. It's 2019. Lighten up, Francis. Good goo. Figure it out. Figure it out. So, um, but our dreams, when we were creating our own theater company a few years ago, our dreams were you as Brad. Yeah. And I would be Riff Raff. Mm-hmm. It would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. It'll probably never happen for me. We, live, long, in, we um, live in a less very, progressive... Very conservative... Town. Um, old-fashioned place. And, and you're a teacher. As a teacher, uh, the well-known teacher... Uh, as, teacher of the year. As the teacher of the year, a while back, they had my face on billboards and stuff like that, which I hated. <laughs> but, <laughs> believe it or not, someone who is on a podcast and who has done tons of theater in the past does not like to have a lot of attention. I don't know. It's, you've always shocked me in that aspect. Yeah. Like, you don't like improv. I, you don't like all the attention. I don't want people public. to make a fuss about things. But like, once you're on stage, you're yeah. a different person. Yeah. I mean, you were the Tin Man, the well, Cowardly Lion. That's not the, me, you know? Yeah. That's somebody else. And Understandable. Like, the whole Teacher of the Year thing, it was like, Thank you, great. I appreciate it. It's please don't honor, make a big deal out of this. Please take me down from these billboards. <laughs> so I remember the first time I saw your billboard. Oh man! As I was, um, I was picking up Madison from her house out there in Talbot, and you have a billboard. You had a billboard right there. Yeah, I did. A little bit before Frightmare Manor. There were like four of them. And I was, and I, I remember <sighs> we were going to Knoxville. I believe this was her first time. This was actually one of her first times getting to see Christopher and Kelly and the kids. Mm-hmm. Ice Bears game. We were heading to an Ice Bears game. And I'm I'm pulling out at that intersection there at that uh, gas station, and I, I just look up, and there's your face on a billboard. And all she heard me go was, huh. <laughs> and she goes, what? And I go, Josh is on a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's right there. Yeah. And her, her, I think the funniest thing about it was, 
my first reaction wasn't good for him. My first reaction was, I'm going to go get my paintball gun. And I'm yeah. going to just shoot this thing. And I'm your best friend. like. And I'm sitting there thinking, he probably hates every second of this because it's more attention than he wants. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the paintball thing crossed uh, not only your mind, but several... Uh, Students, <laughs> I, never, I never gave you an F or an office referral, so imagine how. So some they other definitely are thinking so, paintball. Um, yeah, They're luckily, thinking more than paintball. They're thinking worse happened. things. But, but anyway, the, you know, the we always is, wanted to do this show. Yeah, and heh 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 heh. Yeah, good. Heh, for you. Good. For you. I got to do it. Good for you. Um, but in all honesty, uh, you know, it it wasn't the same. Knowing that you weren't there on stage with me, yeah, uh, because we had always talked about this, yeah. Um, even though I jumped on it and I was like, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It and just every night it felt like, man, Josh really should be up here with yeah. me. I would have had so much fun. Oh man! But it's just never gonna happen, you know. It's just as long it's, as you live here. It's it's not really. I don't think it would be acceptable. No, I mean when we did Rock of Ages, that was pushing it. That was very pushing it. Very much pushing. Spamalot was pushing it <laughs> for me, especially. So this show, however, you know, we can talk about the semantics and the politics of not getting to do this show. But so you were way late in the game and getting to see this. I watched it when I was twelve years yeah. old, uh, but that was just you know, I was into the weird stuff and science fiction and, in all honesty, you know, scary stuff and. This, you know, they call it a sci-fi horror comedy. There's nothing scary about this show, I don't think. Uh, it's just, no. it's just very sci-fi and eye-opening. Sure, we'll call it that. So, uh, however, I did find out one fun fact that our guest did not fill us in on. Okay, there was a movie-based video game for the Commodore sixty-four. Holy moly! Back in the day, old school. This is like. Atari level old. I mean, this is pre-NES. Pre-hour gaming days. So, like, basically, and, and knowing that it's a movie-based video game, I, I, I would assume that you're either Brad or you're Janet, and you are working your way through the Velvet Darkness and the Darkest Night and through the Frankenstein place. So, it's very odd to know that there was a... But, of course... I remember one of my first memories of playing a video game was the Temple of Doom on NES. Mm-hmm. Hard game. All of those game. old school games were hard. Difficult. Like, games were a lot harder when we were kids than they are nowadays. Absolutely. So, Kids don't know how lucky they got it. They don't understand. They didn't have to try to shoot a duck with a we terrible... We didn't have colla- cheat codes. We didn't have cheat codes. We didn't have mods. What's a mod? What, what's I a mean, modder with you? What's, I like it. That's funny. Um... Very father of you. <laughs> we didn't. They don't know what it's like to shoot a duck with a gun that's terribly calibrated to yeah. an old school Nintendo. Let's be real though. Didn't you cheat and put the gun right up to the screen? I would never. Yeah, you did it every would time. Never. Cheat. I can tell by the look on your face, but it's okay because I did it too. <laughs> yes, I cheated. <laughs> Everybody did. Everybody cheated on Duck Hunt. We are all over the place today. Uh, I don't know. Who knew we would be talking about Duck Hunt on a Rocky Horror episode? What is what is this? I feel like it's perfect though at the same time. As much as a tangent we're on, 
the this universe has been of Rocky such Horror. An unusual episode today. Just, it's only perfect though. I mean, it comes out. We we are releasing the day before Halloween. We're talking about Rocky Horror, a cult classic, during Halloween time. I think it's all right to be weird. Well, it's going to have to be because it is what it is. I'm kind of surprised we're not dressed in costumes doing this. Hey, I should have thought of that. We should have. I mean, you're kind of dressed up like Jim right now. I'm still in my school You look like Jim Halpert right now. (laughs) you got your blue shirt on. You've got got your slacks. Rough hair going on. Thanks. Just dressed down. Not Dwight dressed up, but Jim dressed down in that blue shirt for Jim. Maybe I am Jim right now. Maybe that was the point. Maybe I am dressed up and you just didn't know it. Then I am... I'm dressed up as a nerd. You're the 30 and nerdy guy. I'm the 30 and nerdy mascot. Wearing all our merch. I sold out. I'm sorry. But, so, Richard O'Brien not only wrote the book, the music, he did everything. Short of choreographing. I don't think he choreographed. But in the movie, and uh, at some point on Broadway, he got to play Riff Raff. But he originally wasn't in it. He just wrote it. Um... I think that uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. But Tim Curry, it opened us up to the world that is Tim Curry. Tim Curry that most people know is either Pennywise or the voice to the Thornberry dad. Congo, Legion. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see Legion? No. Me neither. I just know he played the devil. But um, now, and sadly, did you see the live-action reboot? Yeah, and and we talk a little bit uh, with our guests here uh, that we're going to share with our listeners in just a moment. We did talk about the the recent adaptation that Fox did, and uh, poor Tim Curry, he's he's had better days. He he uh, did we have a stroke, just have a stroke. So he's uh, not very mobile anymore. But he still um, but he's played still the criminologist. He's, go- he's still giving it his all. He's still yeah. out and about. He's, uh, he's. I mean, he went down and said, I'm not going to let this define the rest of my life. I'm yeah. not going to let it stop me. Go Tim Curry. I'm still going to be Tim Curry. Um, Tim Effin Curry. Tim Effin Curry. Stands for Franklin. His middle name's Franklin. It's true. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Franklin. Definitely his middle name. You heard it here first. On 30 and Nerdy. The last thing he did before his streak, his uh, stroke was um, he did a continuous murder character on uh, the show Criminal Minds. Who hasn't been on Criminal Minds? His little... Um, Another one of those... I guess six episode reoccurring character like story arc they did uh-huh. with his killer... He was terrifying. I've actually heard about this. He's absolutely yeah. terrifying. I watch those shows. Law and Order, oh, like, SVU. Kind of like my brother Nolan. Like The stuff like Jeepers Creepers, Freddy Krueger, he can do that. But the it can happen stuff. Like his biggest fear was the smart kidnapping. Remember when we were kids? And, uh, was oh, it Emily yeah. Smart? Yeah, Amy Smart. Amy Smart? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Emily Smart. You're going to have to Google this. He said himself, he said, that stuff, real life stuff, scares me for more than anything you can throw at me fake-wise. Jeepers Creepers, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason, that stuff does not 
scare me, but the idea that someone in the middle of the night with my parents down the hall can come in and abduct me. Emily Smart, you were right. I was right. Shocker. I'm right 99% of the time, oh, JD. please. <laughs> so, um, that stuff, that Emily Smart story had him shook for years. So, he definitely, Criminal Minds creeps him out. But Tim Curry's Criminal Minds character was some of the most horrid, terrifying stuff I'd ever seen. And then a few years later, he had a stroke. And we didn't hear from him for a while until he came back in this live action. I guess it's not live action. Live Fox reboot musical of Rocky Horror. Yeah. I, and we talk about this with our guest, I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to. It was just okay. You know? Underwhelming. Yeah. As our friend Logan would say, meh. Meh. I don't think anything can ever live up to the original. <laughs> Again, and I talk about this with our guests, like, I think what made it what it was and made it awesome was the old oldness of it. Well, and I always say, like, when you do a role, you should try to make it your own. You shouldn't be a carbon copy of what's already been done. And... Our guest who played Frank, he, he he did certain things to make it his own, sure, but he also based his performance very closely to Tim Curry, which is what people know. Because you can't beat Tim Curry. No. You know? No. It's like we were talking earlier off air. There's a, a 2001 or 96 rendition. 2001. 2001. And that Frank's terrible. Yeah, it just wasn't as good. It wasn't He's the same. It's bad. And, yeah. and like we said... We're all for making it your own, but know your audience Something and know you what you're drawing can't. from. Yeah. So it's not it's not a bad thing to fundamentally use somewhat of what you're drawing from. So, um, I, I honestly that's the only unknown fact I I could dive into is about the video game. I think we should just kind of step aside. Maybe let our our guest this this guest that you're you're about to hear. Um, he is just a gem. We love Daniel. Love him. He's such a best. talented person. Such I first met man. I first met Daniel maybe two years ago, but uh, I've watched him perform for years. Uh, he if if you are a tourist here in the area in the southeast, you've been to Dollywood, and you probably have seen Dollywood's Dreamland Drive-In. This gentleman originated and for years played the nerdy part in Dreamland Drive-In. Like, I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. Boop, 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 boop. That character. Mm-hmm. This and, and to know that I watched him play that character and then to see him play Frank is just a testament to his talent. Fantastic stuff. So uh, why don't we step aside for a little bit and we'll, we'll, we'll play, we'll, we'll talk to our dear friend, Daniel Leinberger. How do you do? This is Dr. Frankenfetter. You're listening to Josh and Tyler with a 30 and nerdy podcast. You're just cute. Alright, so we are with Daniel Leinberger, who recently just played Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror Show here in Morristown. Daniel, how are you? I'm lovely. How are you? Oh, we're doing good. 
Lovely. Thank you for having me. We're very very excited to have you. When you said you could do do this time frame and get it done, we were very excited. Yeah. Um, We've seen you as Frankenfurter, and this past time I got to perform with you. And And you were wonderful. Lovely. Thank you. You didn't have to say that, but you did. I know. (laughs) I'll wait on the chair. (laughs) So... um, Tell us a little bit about what brought you to, I know you said there's a story that kind of brought you to Encore's Rocky Horror. There's mm-hmm. a past there. So talk right. a little bit on that. So I had previously signed three contracts to play Frankenfurter. Um, one of them was here in Knoxville. One of them was in Texas. And one of them was on the West Coast. And all three of them did not work out for one reason or another. Um one of them actually got protested out. I'll let you decide where that happened. But um, it, it, it was a, a thing. It kind of just stumbled. And so I, I kept thinking that I would never get to play this role. And um, my best friend, Natalie Elkins, had um, pulled me into ragtime. Mm-hmm. And um, I enjoyed what Encore was doing and um, they said something about Rocky and of course my ears perked up and mm-hmm. then it just one thing fell into another and I haven't looked back since. Dream come true, right? Yeah, truthfully. I think sometimes you see somebody perform a role and you you walk away saying, this person was born to play this role and I think that's the case here. Oh, Absolutely. Really. Um, when describing it to my older brother who came the very last show, I said, you've seen the movie, right? And he said, yeah, yeah, years ago. And I said, Tim Curry's up here. And very, like, partially, I was like, I honestly think that Daniel was just, he was born. That is far too kind. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, I don't, I've seen a lot of different renditions of it on the internet and listen to different albums and I've not liked them yeah. the way that yeah. I've just not liked them. So. Maybe before this interview is over, Frank will show up. Oh, so, he probably know. will. Right. We oh. can conjure him. We'll it's getting rid of him that is the hard part. He just well, why would you up. want to? I know. He just pops up at a, a drive through <laughs> I'm ordering like Frank. It's very annoying. So um, let's, let's start with this. Why do you think people love Rocky Horror so much? It's been around for so long now, and it's got this cult following, and people love it. You know, they they are diehard Rocky fans. Mm-hmm. You know, so what what do you think it is about it that that people are so drawn to? Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Sure. So it accepts what it is on the face value, and then augments that and adds to it whatever you can take away from that. So, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I have to be very, very confident in myself to sit in something and go, yes, that was good. Add to it what you want to. Here's critique, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And Rocky is truthfully itself in that it just sits there. And add what you want, take what you want, but it's going to sit there. Um, it, it is not the strongest script but it's not the strongest score. Um, half the songs don't make sense. Yes. So, and they don't tie together well. So, but the actors and directors and 
everyone who signed on to the project fully committed. Mm -hmm. Like they just threw themselves into it. So I think that with so much investment from these brilliant people and something that is not trying to be something other than it is, I think that that is a marriage that just works. So it's very comfortable in itself. And you can make fun of it and it's fine. You're still buying the ticket. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Right. No. So um, it's, it's also this very niche market of late 70s, early 80s glam rock that doesn't really exist out there much other than David Bowie and, you know, right at the end of, oh, is it Legend of the Crystal? I always get uh, that. The Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. Yes. Okay. So is that Ziggy? That's Ziggy. Ziggy. Okay. And then there's uh, Bowie also did The Labyrinth. Correct. I get them confused. Yes. So all of this is kind of tightly knit together. So David Bowie, his wife, was the one that started the Screamer lines back to the movie. And she did it because she was bored. With the pauses. Yeah. yeah. So it was done as an act of British humor. If you've ever seen um, things that are hmm, uh, typically British humor, not talking like absolutely fabulous, a mm, little heavier than that, there's a specific meter that things go to. Rocky is in that. And mm -hmm. those pauses perfect time to spout back and she was just spouting back Tim Curry was sitting beside her and it turned into a thing wow. so that's where it comes from yeah I was gonna ask David that. Bowie's wow. wife his makeup artist was also the one who designed all of Frank's wig makeup all of that so David Bowie and Frank are very closely related I can see it yeah yeah, yeah. because I always said that it was a pity that he never I know. Played. I mean, a like, rendition of Frank. It it seems like it, it would be a very logical and simple transition. Yeah. I mean, it's just a interchange, plug, play. So, I I agree with you. That would have been brilliant. Um, but you know, we can't scrimp on the fact that we had Tim Curry. So oh, I'm not gonna. Gosh. I'm not gonna. You know. Complain and about that. a lot of people these days, they know Tim Curry as whether it be, you know, voice acting in the Wild Thornberries. Mm -hmm. And I think that us theater people or just fans of the the craft in general will judge others based on where they know Correct. Curry from. Correct. And most of my friends, if I say Tim Curry, they say, oh, Rocky Horror. Correct. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, this is where I belong. Correct. So, even, yes. more than, even more than Pennywise, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so that's, that's my little crossover. So I have chlorophobia, so I am horribly scared of clowns, have been my entire life. Agreed. How so funny is that? So my parents spent thousands of dollars in therapy to try to figure out why I had them. Finally, the therapist said he doesn't like them. He it's just doesn't okay. like them. So I have actually never seen Curry's It, and I've heard it's wonderful. Oh, it's... He's amazing in everything, so mm -hmm. I yeah. imagine. His is a theatrical fear. Really? That he puts in it. Um, like if you were to watch it then watch the reboot you would say oh Curry's more of a theatrical figure yeah. he mm -hmm. would scare you in life quicker than this new guy would because you would see costume makeup okay. 
special effects. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Speaking of Tim Curry, did you know, Daniel, that in the Batman animated series from the 90s, the cartoon, Mark Hamill, of course, was the voice of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Tim Curry was supposed to do it before that? No! Yeah, yes. so uh, Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman, told this story at a Comic-Con that I went to. He talked about Tim Curry, you know, doing a little bit of work. And I don't, I don't know if it's out there, if you can find it or not, but it was so scary that they had to go in a different direction because he was too good at it. That is awesome. Yeah. I want to hear some of this. So just to give you a visual, just think about something. Um, I don't know if either of you remember, but Home Alone 2. Yes. Mm -hmm. He had a bit part in Home Alone Mm -hmm. 2. If you think hard enough, you can hear his smile right now. He's behind the desk and he just, it's this Cheshire Cat grin. And it is so big that it just expands spans the entire frame and when people say they're scared of Tim Curry I don't initially go to it because I kind of block that out I initially go to that smile yes and Home Alone 2 and I, he can do no wrong I think he's brilliant oh absolutely I, I would take you know Rocky Horror Clue even the Muppet Treasure Island that he did mm-hmm. bring that on I'll take that all day long mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm sold. So how did you feel about the... A couple years ago, they did a remake on Fox. Oh. And he played the historian right there. Yeah. He was wonderful in it. And I I did get to see him play King Arthur in Spamalot. And he was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, timing, perfect. Everything landed. Um, and to see what... Mm, a toll the stroke had had is kind of so uh, yeah, you yeah. know. So, but the fact that he was like, "No, I'm not gonna let that stop me," and stepped in for it, it, it was great. I wanted to like the production a lot more than I did. Me too. Uh, I had a lot of Rocky fans. Horrible, but in in addition to the show being itself comfortably, it has to be itself. Truthfully, and I felt like mm-hmm. they were forcing a truth that didn't fit, and mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure why. It just, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. That was me too. I, I didn't yeah. hate it by any by any means. Um, I, I enjoyed it watching it, but one of the better live action things oh, they did. Totally agreed. Because when they started this whole. Mm-hmm. journey of oh we're gonna pick a musical and do a live action one night only live rendition of it I was like could it could <laughs> in theory be a fantastic thing for musicals for the for the genre Agreed. it could help us bring us into more respect for it from non-musical lovers Agreed. and more of a resurgence yes yeah. um, but it uh it it was definitely better than some of the other mm-hmm. live action redos. Yeah. However, it's still like you said. I think we talked at a rehearsal one night. I went in so excited, but when the credits started rolling, after I was like, I'm um, just mm-hmm. un- just um just yeah. um underwhelmed. Yeah, underwhelmed. Bit. Yeah. Uh, I it's... thought it could have been bigger than yeah. it was. And you know. M- I'm not going to speculate, but sometimes that that can be the issues with shows that are so comfortable that they can't find that voice. They want to tell Mm -hmm. a parallel story, Mm -hmm. but they miss it somehow. So um, I think 
each individual performance of Bernie Cox, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, wonderful. Um, but I just didn't get the marriage of all of those yeah. storylines as intently as I had. And it almost, it almost kind of threw it away for me seeing it so new, mm -hmm. so bright, yeah, so today and right. modern. It kind of took away that. Some you could tell are, they were new cameras. They right. were, you know, new technology. Some things are nice faded a mm -hmm. little bit. I mean, a little wear on something is not bad. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. Um, and that may have been the turn that it took. I don't know. Yeah. It's up to each person to decide for themselves. But I wanted to like it. The, the version that I like the most is the um, UK version that is still currently touring. It was revamped in, let's see, 2016, I believe. No, 2017. Um, and Richard O'Brien did it with Amnesty International. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, David Bardello was the uh, Frankenfurter for that casting. And I, I'm blown away. I'm just blown away by him. He's phenomenal. But that was directed by um, Kenny Ortega. And everything is very tight. Yes. It's very crisp. High School Musical. Very, yes. Pocus, Pocus. Pocus, Pocus. Um, it's very, very thought out and mapped and choreographed where even the camera angles match i mean it's it's wise so it makes sense for him to just step into that role and for me to love it as much as i do so mm -hmm. it worked cool it worked i'm sure you want to say that since kenny ortega is a disney guy that's why all the details are there because you're a disney fanatic and disney does the details right and they do i'm a disney guy too <laughs> yeah and, you know, they bought Fox, which owns Rocky, which means that the next um, Disney princess should be Frank. Frank and Frank, Frank. absolutely. No, oh, 100%. Agreed. I do, however, want to play Ursula. No, no lie. As Frank. It's the same character. I would love to at one point in my life. It's an interesting Ursula connection. as Frank. Same character. Same character. Don't have huh. to do anything different. The wow. change a wig. That'd be cool. But, um, yeah, I, Disney does no wrong. You are correct. Thank you. Well said, sir. Thank you. I'm glad that somebody sees reason around here. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't deny the quality. They get you the just details. can't do it. Every bit of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just smart. It's well thought and intentional. They plan even like... Around the corner, around the corner, around the corner. Like, if, if they were yeah. giving you directions mm -hmm. how to get somewhere, it would be so... Like, you'd just be like, I don't think I can get lost Which from here. So brilliant. Just the redundancy upon redundancy. Like, we were there one New Year's Eve, which, if you have ever heard rumors they're true, don't ever do that. It's stupid. Don't go. There were so many people that they were shutting down portions of the park mm -hmm. so when they get to four shutdown they start at one end of the park and start clearing everything so they're literally pushing people out of the park and they did it so well that everyone was like okay 
Like, yeah. mm, not a big deal. <laughs> like, it's New Year's Eve and you're kicking me out. That's fine. That's We're fine. Cool. I was there like two weeks ago. And I know this is not a Disney discussion. It's a Rocky discussion. But since we're on the topic. Um, I was there a couple weeks ago. And you know they have Mickey's Halloween party and everything. Mm-hmm. So most nights at Magic Kingdom, they don't do the regular Magic Kingdom. Like the Wishes right. show and all that stuff. And we were there on one of those nights, and I will not be going back on one really? of those nights because it was so miserably crowded. Mm-hmm. And I get such anxiety when, you know, when I'm like a big guy, so right. I get really nervous about, you know, bumping into people and stepping on people. And people want to camp out in front of the castle, and they're sitting down, <laughs> and it's dark, and it just, ugh. It, We've all been that person fun. at Disney, though, that we're so tired, but we don't want to leave. And so it's yeah. just, I will sit right here. Yeah. I'm not leaving. I just, I'm going to sit down for a minute. Well, I was telling uh, my dad when we were talking about, you know, being theme park people and all that. And I said, you know, I honestly, like, we the last time I was there, I was 12. And there's still, like, gaps I don't remember. Because mm-hmm. I, I was still young. And I was like, I'd like to go back as an adult. But when I was living and doing theater in Pigeon Forge, I had to go to Dollywood. So I was like, you know, I got peeved at people at Dollywood. Right. So I was like, I imagine that today I might be like yelling at people in Disney. Well, and once you've done that kind of circuit or you've, you've ever worked in any kind of theme park, you know that it has a smell. Theme park has a smell. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter which one you're at. There is a theme park smell. And you know that it is there because you leave and you can still smell it. Yes. It's like, oh. And the moment you step onto another theme park ground, you're like, there it is again. It yeah. smells like Epcot. It <laughs> doesn't leave you ever. It really like, doesn't. It's there all the time. And yeah. uh, speaking of Dollywood, that's where I first... Like, we didn't officially meet until... Like, talk to each other until maybe a little bit before American Idiot. Mm-hmm. But I had seen you perform in Dreamland Drive-In mm-hmm. for years as the yeah. nerd and that show. and that's seriously like when people are saying like oh you know you you've done theater in Pigeon Forge what's your favorite show in Pigeon Forge just to experience and I said Dreamline Drive-In yeah. mm-hmm. and they're like wait over the big theaters over here over Opry over mm-hmm. Dixie I said Dreamland Drive-In right. because there's just something about it when all of those stars line up mm-hmm. um but there's some magic. And the hard part about shows like that, you're doing them five times a day. So yeah. it's really easy for it to get stale. I can imagine. Um, but if you truly enjoy the show and you enjoy the people that you're with, it it becomes truly like work where you just check out and mm. you go into autopilot and somehow you have enough respect for everyone else not to change your performance. So if you're just involved with yourself, this is all I can control. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of manages their little compartment and it works. And I think um, just about the entire run of that show, even after I I left, it worked well. Everyone Mm -hmm. kind of tidied up after themselves. And... It also was naturally spaced well. That came in a transition from um, the artistic director, Michael Paget from Dollywood, who passed away um, out of his lineage into another producer. And so it still had some of his kind of voice behind it. And he was just a brilliant storyteller. He mm-hmm. could just tell those 
stories like old school Christmas in the Smokies and you know yeah I mean like that stuff just oozed out of him so and that's what I think I loved most about it is they didn't need on the nose dialogue to tell the story correct it just flowed well still like you, you knew what was going on mm-hmm. whether there was just one page of dialogue for the whole show you're like I know the story and mm-hmm. I'm in love with the story well it's hard to portray nostalgia it's hard to pull that out of an audience like you have to do x number of things and they have to all line up perfectly for that to work and that formula really worked it Mm -hmm. well done well written absolutely Um, did you um, ever do the try to do the disney i did you ever want i i did i i did not make it all the way to disney um i theme parks are hard man okay Mm. so Disney was just starting the whole Disney theatrical game when I was getting out of theme park, which was wonderful. Like, theme park is, you're either on the way up or on the way down. You're, you're not going to stay there. Yeah. I mean, so I was like, oh, good. Theme park, check. Now Disney theatrical. So that was my next, like, stopping point. Um, they had done Beauty and the Beast at that point, and we're about to launch... Lion King, I think. Yes. And, like, I just had my eyes on them. Like, okay, this is all I need. Mm -hmm. So, equity card, check. This, check. Disney, here I come. And it just never lined up. So, I went from Dollywood to Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, which was lovely. Um, I enjoyed it there. But, it just takes a toll on your body. I mean, five shows a day, six days a week. Yeah. So, you know, performers have a shelf life anyway. Absolutely. So, but if you're if you're not smart, you're going to shorten that. So I had to take a step back. Mm. So yeah. I didn't make it to Disney, but I'm happy with where I got. That's all that matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. So going back to Rocky, you had said uh, to us earlier that it was kind of the birth of the Easter egg. Correct. Very good, Tyler. Um so if you look at one particular shot it's probably more than one but i can think of one in um sweet transvestite frank has just entered he's sitting on the silver throne and right under the throne you'll see a little easter egg the cast and crew were they were shooting in the winter they had an Easter egg hunt. There was one Easter egg left under the throne, still in the shop. So that's where the movie term Easter eggs came from. That's a rumor. No. I don't think it's a rumor. I will not confirm that it's real. I can't confirm that it's real. But um, I believe that's where it came from. Now, there are some people at Pixar that would disagree with me. But regardless, it came from Rocky to me. So... Pixar would tell you differently, but yeah, um, yeah. It, it apparently the shooting conditions were horrible, so the castle itself did not have heat. There was only one room that was heated, so they would run into the one room that was heated and stay there as long as they could. Then run out and shoot stuff and then run back in. So they were all sick the entire time. So that and, scene where they're walking through the rain, mm-hmm. winter. it's winter. Yeah. Ouch. Ooh. 
Yeah. And poor Janet. North of London. North yeah. of London. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I just went to uh, London this past Gorgeous. summer. Did a European little backpack tour. And even in the summer, London was... Dreary. Dreary. Yeah. So was Scotland. Scotland yeah. was dreary, too. I it's haven't very, been to Scotland. But our best been. comparison here is probably Seattle. Really? Okay. To that weather pattern that. up there. It just... Dreary. Hmm. <laughs> no wonder the suicide rate's high. Exactly. Oh I wouldn't care for that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. knowing that now, like, I feel so bad for the performers, like, especially knowing that... But to, to know that they went through all of that and still pulled out those performances, oh like, it's kind of amazing. Especially during Rose to My World. Girl and, you know, fishnets and A little bit garters, basically. All of them had done the stage version. And so stage version started in 73. Um, most of the cast had worked on a production of Jesus Christ Superstar just down the street in London about a year before. So Richard O'Brien, Tim Curry, um, who else is in that? There were three or four of them that were in that. But basically, Richard O'Brien wrote this. Someone said, hey, there's an open spot at the theater. Maybe you want to try it. Um, Richard O'Brien was literally going to a gym to find a a Rocky, a guy that could sing and had a nice body, and ran into Tim Curry and said, hey, you should read this. So that's where it all began. That's where Frank was... Was yeah. born. And Frank was originally German. Wow. Yeah. He was German and then he was American before he settled in good old London. Good old London. I know. Goodness. Yeah. I know one one very uh obscure unknown fact I was actually just recently told to me was uh, you know, originally the Eddie and Doctor Scott they're doubled mm-hmm. because they're uncle and nephew right and they should look similar mm-hmm. when they were going into the movie production Richard O'Brien begged Meatloaf please stay as the double because Meatloaf had way. doubled as that mm-hmm. part in the original Broadway run hmm. and he kept saying no you're putting more into this I'm riding a motorcycle while singing I've got more to focus on blah 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 cast a Dr. Scott and Richard O'Brien still today says I didn't hate the Dr. Scott. He worked, mm-hmm. but I still to this day think it was a mistake that Meatloaf didn't double. That is brilliant. It would have been interesting. It would have. Uh, definitely a different take on mm-hmm. it. Um, hmm. I, I think it adds something in that arc of the character. Like, it just balances out. One is so over the top, one is so flat. Yes. Like, it, there's an arc. Um, I could only imagine just playing one side of that. that oh, would, yeah. I feel like it would just be somewhat unchallenging and boring correct yeah um but rather flat it'd be like you're just gonna play bruce wayne not batman <laughs> and who would want to do that yeah exactly. i mean you want the toys right? exactly <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so have you gotten to see alive i have so i saw a production of this that was done in texas um strangely enough in the same theater that i was supposed to do it in and didn't get to um and the energy in the room is palpable every time you see it. Whether it is the movie or whether it is the show. Um, people come in mm, with an open mind. They are not scared to be someone else for that hour and 45 minutes. They're not mm-hmm. worried about that. And 
they walk in with this feeling of, oh, if I run into someone here, they're not going to judge me because they're here. They're here. It's kind of like speaking to someone in the liquor store, you know? Like, I'm from Oak Ridge. We all speak to each other in the liquor store. <laughs> but apparently it's not the same everywhere. So. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things like, you know, it's kind of an honor code thing. Like, that person's not going to judge me because they're here. Okay. And I've got this on you now. It's Whatever. like, I didn't see you. You didn't see me. Right. <laughs> Correct. So everyone kind of walks in with that open mind. And so I think there's the, a, a levity that goes with that. And I don't know. I, I just think it's adorable. I love it. Mm. In playing Frank, the now, I guess, what, eight, nine times? Yeah. Has anybody been shouted? Has anything been shouted that... Because that's one thing that comes with doing the show that I, I had to learn since this was my first time through was they're going to continuously shout <laughs> over your lines no matter what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So you can't let it falter you. Right. They might even say something about your mom. Oh, yeah. And sure. you cannot let it mm-hmm. stop your performance. Right. Um. Has anything been said that you were even you were just kind of like ooh, um, and you can say whatever and I can bleep it if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there was one, um, and it, it was not so much what was said, but it was the perfect timing in someone's response to a line, and I knew who it was. It was Russ Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is a. A, a big Rocky fan. He he is like tried and true. He he knows every line inside and out. And he he waited until I was just about to move on, went and just threw it out there, just like a little grenade. He just threw a response out there, and it was just enough to make me pause. And I wanted the reaction that came with that, and just went. <laughs> and then kept moving. Like that was all I could do was just acknowledge. <laughs> it just you are correct. It it wasn't. It was perfect. It was just thrown so delicately, just right over the wall. You take that. Do what you want with it. It's yours now. It it was just perfect. Uh, there are some things. Uh, a lot of the time, you can't understand. Mm what the screamer lines are unless they're very very vocal or they're in unison so, yes um i'll hear it afterwards and go oh that was witty oh mm-hmm. i need to remember that that's smart yeah. but you just have time to react and look and kind of smile and whatever i would love to play brad one day but i have You'd this be a lovely brad thank you um but i just have this feeling like the the constant uh insults to Brad eventually I would get so I don't know flustered and <laughs> and messed up so that would <laughs> that would be a concern for me well it's one of those things that the audience will only give you what you allow them to though mm. so if at some point you put your foot down they won't yeah. go oh but that's no fun though. I know I know, yeah. I know but if you it, there's a, a gentle way to breach something we I'll, I'll be honest we had one show in this last run that the audience was all over the board I yes mean, like <laughs> they had a great time but they were 
none of them had anything together. They were <laughs> they were just all kind of shambled and precious and adorable, but in shambles. And I I try not to break, and I try to stay in that moment and let them give reactions and whatever. But I had to step in and be like, mm mm, that that was too far. Stop for right now. And even at that, they were so far gone they didn't care. They were like, mm, acknowledgement, whatever. And they kept going. And it was adorable. But it's one of those feelings like, I, because I know it's there, I don't think I'll ever experience. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I, I wish that I had that kind of experience on the other side of it, but now I'm mm-hmm. on the inside. And I love being here so much, I would never try yeah. to do anything differently but I'm glad that people come and have such a great time absolutely and I think it has a lot to say that even in 2019 in a town like Morristown you can sell out correct these shows this cult classic you know what you're getting into and you realize the fans are still there correct with a six foot two transvestite yes yeah exactly little Jewish kid from Oak Ridge Tennessee (laughs) I mean like yeah it's it's odd but um they show up and they have a good time and it's lovely. So tell me about um, doing the, sh- the show in high heels. Um, well, I'm still recovering. Two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you didn't have you didn't have to walk though. I had to walk down steps to get well, out. Oh, bless your heart. That's painful. That, like I literally had to be taught. Just to walk three feet in heels <laughs> to you, get in my wheelchair, Doctor Scott. So well. I would break my I ankles. Like sure it, and my calves so well. screamed. <laughs> yes, yes. The um, the hard part of it to me was not um, the the structure itself. It it's that um, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot one or two, depending on which doctor you ask. <laughs> but. Um, there's there's just a lot of things that should not have me in six inch heels so i'm still bruised on the bottom of my feet but i started wearing the heels at the beginning of the rehearsal process so it wasn't um something that i just stepped into so yeah well i didn't get to see uh the show this time around but a couple years ago when when it was done the first time i did see it and you would never have known i mean you were so graceful and you were a pro at the at the heels you know so i was very shocked um since this is my first time coming into it how early many of you started rehearsing in the heels oh yeah like even michael who played Mm -hmm. brad started wearing heels a week into rehearsal, and right. Jacques started bringing his, mm-hmm. his heels, and like I was like, "Well, I, I could imagine that you've got to practice. It's not just like okay during tech week you can start practicing well, in your heels." Correct. There are a lot of schools of thought on this. I believe that we perform how we practice. That's mm-hmm. me personally, um, and I am a creature of habit. So if I let myself get to a lazy place, I'm going to stay there. Yeah. That's just who I am. So I'm not going to let myself get there. So just set the bar and just keep going. Mm-hmm. I'll deal with the pain later, like I am right now. So <laughs> I, I had these little, like, gel insert pads, and, like, I went to a cobbler. I was like, can you fix What can you do? And they look at you strange, you know, six-foot-tall man walking in with a pair of six-inch heels. Going, these are uncomfortable. What can you do? Um, and they just kind of smile at you and nod. Um but regardless, I, I took all of the preventative steps that I could, but mm, yeah. no, it's still painful. But, you know, 
beauty is pain. <laughs> and I am in agony. <laughs> I like that. Well, trademark that. That's smart. <laughs> so if you were, if you've played Frank, if you were to get to do it again and be told, um, we have a Frank, mm-hmm. but we'll give you another part. Who would you want to play? Um, I think probably the narrator. Mm. I think um, the lion's share of the interaction with the audience comes from the narrator. And Richard O'Brien said at one point that it was just bad editing. Well, he was acting by himself. He had no one to act off of. So, I mean, it's all editing. That makes sense. But those pauses are a little bit longer. And, but it lends itself to this new character that the live show wields. And it's this mm, kind of truth-sayer that comes in and sets the story straight and lets the audience go and tells them how far to go. They're kind of the referee. Yeah. So I like that side of it. I think that would be fun. But I would also be heartbroken if I couldn't play Frank. I would imagine. Well, that's just who I am. I I couldn't say you. (laughs) Anyone else is Frank now. So, I guess you're now, you've done Frank twice now Mm -hmm. in a run with Encore. You've choreographed American Idiot. Mm -hmm. Um, You choreographed Mamma Mia Mm -hmm. for Encore. You're now going to be choreographer for their chorus line. Mm -hmm. Um, What is this show moving forward that you would love to tackle? Um, I... My best friend Natalie and I have one little pet project that we're going to pull out of the ground somewhere. It's just where we're going to do it mm-hmm. is the question. Um, Matilda, the musical. Oh. I think it is brilliant. Yeah. It is... Um, it's a very well-told story. Mm-hmm. Um, Doll gets dark easily and you kind of have to tend that garden quickly yeah and they made some very wise choices in the way they told that story and i would love to be a part of that they're doing that over at tuscan it's a couple weeks it's brilliantly told Mm -hmm. um i i was at cumberland county playhouse for a number of years and my very good friend jason ross played trunchbull out there and i got to see his trunchbull brilliant i mean the the timing the the this natural ebb and flow of energy that you have to have with an audience to stay on top of that yeah it's just brilliant and you can tell when a performer has that and he definitely does and it's one of those things like yay energy's in the room i'm here yeah and yeah i would like to tackle matilda one day that'd be interesting yeah I listened to the album. Obviously, I watched the movie mm-hmm. as a kid, but I've not gotten to see it on stage. It it brings out some of the mm, stranger passages in the book. Yeah, but it's easy to embrace. It's not awkward. So, huh? Yeah, it's different. You should try it. Hmm. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, anytime we have a guest on the show, we always give them a gift. And we have a hat here for you. It's just, it's even bright. 
Oh. So it's noticeable in public. Well, I, and I love being noticeable. Good. Oh, thank you. A little thirty and nerdy swag. That's adorable. I'm feeling how very kind of you, darling. I knew he would come out. Eventually. I thought. Yeah, I thought that uh, yeah. Frank would probably show up. So, uh, Air Doctor. Yes, darling. I was wondering if you could share with us some of your favorite moments from your story. Your, the story that we all love, we all know it. But what are your favorite moments or some favorite things that you've said or that someone else has said or whatever? It's very kind of you to ask about me. Um... I enjoyed all of the parts that had to do with me. Um, As did we all. Yes. <laughs> of course you did. Um, I enjoy... Hmm, out of this last performance, I would say that I enjoyed most um, that lovely little moment that I got to open those doors and walk down and sing Sweet Transvestite. That's mm. always a favorite of mine. Um, but typically, um, I enjoy everything that I'm in other than death. That is not... Yes. Not fun. No. We'll pass. <laughs> Unsubscribe. We'll overlook that part. Correct. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Oh, you're so welcome. I, it's, it's scary. I mean, literally, I'll be at Starbucks and like, can I have a tall double? But no, uh, tall. <laughs> I have just slip right in there. Like, I know. <laughs> like reel it back in, Lineberger. <laughs> Not today. Well, thank you again for coming out and well, doing thank this. Thank you for having um, me. We always love getting to have guests on here, and mm-hmm. uh, I love getting to spend time with you. And I'm definitely oh. excited that I got to do this show with you this time. Likewise, um, sir. And hope that. Maybe one day the stars will line up to where Josh could join us on stage. That would be lovely. It would be fun. This show. I'm um, I'm retired for now, but for now, for now, we'll see if, like you said, if the stars align, I'll stars I'll be back up there. <laughs> Yay! Well, again, thank you for joining us, Daniel. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Likewise, sir. Thank you both. It was great when it all began. That was fun. That was so much fun. Daniel's, he's amazing. He's just a, a gem of a fella. Great he really guy. is. So much fun to talk to and to be around, and he's such a, such a sweet. Oh, and he's so personable too. Like, yeah. he's done. In his performance career, he has done more than us. But he wouldn't think that. Just talking to him, he's just humble, and and sweet. Great, great. And awesome. Um. So that was great. Um. Next week, people. We were talking Joker and the movie, not yeah. the character. Yeah, we did do a character breakdown on the Joker yes. a couple weeks ago. And, and, and fun fact, we were just doing that to lead you into the movie. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to give people a little yeah. time to check we're it out. We're fair. This is the, officially, can confirm. Can confirm. The biggest. Big shoots. Biggest R-rated movie of all time it has broken all the records mm-hmm. there's f- it's on its way i i was before it leaves it'll be it'll hit the one billion oh i think so absolutely I think so 
so yes, there like anything, there's there's controversy surrounding it. Yeah. Um, and certainly there are some people who are avoiding the movie for certain reasons. It's a trigger for some people. There's, there's Understandable. some in, intense moments in this movie. And there's actually a listener of the show. Uh, he was posting on Facebook about how when he went to see the movie, he had an anxiety attack at the oh end of the gosh. movie. But regardless of that, he still walked away saying, guys, this was great. Beautiful. And everyone well, it's, it's just it. Okay, listen. We have a friend. Uh, he is a independent film director cricket he is very 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 critical of comic book film he hates it yeah he hates it because he is more of a true movie you know not boom boom pow pow sort of a snob sort of he saw this movie and he said it was beautiful it was a masterpiece yeah it was beautiful it was fantastic he had nothing bad to say about it and if a non-comic book film fan is loving this, it means it's got a beautiful story. Well, I mean, if you're... And when I say beautiful story, I don't mean like, oh, there's the happy ending. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful because it's real. Yeah. A lot of hard truths in this movie. Yes. Um, and certainly, most of our listeners are comic book superhero fans as it is but yeah even if you're not this is a movie you can enjoy because it's not really a superhero movie it's not even a super villain movie not really it's just a story it's yeah this could just be about you know bob on the joe schmo so yeah but next week we're gonna everyone here in listening land and everyone that we've ever encountered we've encountered an arthur i'm sure safe to say i think Scary to say, too. But we'll talk more about that next week because we are going to give our review yes. and a little breakdown of the movie. So uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, go see it. Mm. We're going to see it again. Do it. It's beautiful. Just do it. Just do it. All right, so thanks again to all our fans out there and our Patreon supporters. Um, we're going to get into the Joker next week. We hope you've enjoyed this. Send in all your Joker questions. Please do. Please. Um, and again, you're awesome. You're beautiful. And we hey, love the, you. In the meantime and in between time, you should definitely subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And you should probably leave us a review. And when what? you do that, yes. I make think sure. They should leave us. God, that's cute. She's pretty adorable. How can you turn down Emma? What a princess. Five stars. You people. heard it right there. The princess herself said, leave yes. us five stars. Five that's stars. that's what you need to do. Just make and it And you can also share us and tweet us and Facebook us and all that fun stuff that DJ Mike Howie will tell you about here at the end. Yeah. But you know what, man? I think that this may be our longest episode. This has probably been the longest one ever, but you know, we've been fired up today. Fired it's, up. It, it's been a great day and it's been a great chat. You just went really Canadian. <laughs> great day. Great chat. <laughs> You've got me quoting Letter Kenny. So exactly. Much Letterkenny. It's because I'm why. watching. Good it Lord. really has been fun, man. And I just, sitting down with Daniel was great. And what I, I love the Halloween season. Yeah, so it's been great. But and I just love you to I pieces. I love you. Gosh. Stop. Stop. Oh my goodness. You didn't have to say that, but you did. I did. Um, so, we love you all too. And have a great and happy Halloween. Everyone. Have a very happy Halloween. Have a, a haunting, hauntingly nerdy Halloween. And until next time, we will catch you nerds later.
I see you shiver with anticipation. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Tyler McDaniel and Josh Davis. Brought to you by Encore Theatrical Company, Akiva Express, Creative Theater, and Advertising Expressions. Find us, follow us, and like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit our website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. Got something to tell us? Drop us an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers to you, nerds! Nerds!